What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. There is a movie that is opening up that you need to see. And I know you've already got your whole weekend planned. You're like, I've got to see the Indiana Jones. I gotta see the Indiana Jones movie. I mean, my favorite, of course, everybody's favorite, say it with me, The Crystal Skull. Uh, It's not as good as that one, but I just have to see it. Uh, I know, change your plans. Uh, You might wanna go see The Sound of Freedom. We'll talk to the guy it's all about, Tim Ballard, in 60 seconds. Well, here's to the real estate agent who really went above and beyond that time. Though You know, the one I'm talking about. The one that, you know, you were all stressed out about selling your house and buying a new one. And you're worried about all of the stuff with the bank. And it was too much to handle. And then, and then that real estate agent showed, uh, showed up and he or she just took over and it was fabulous. Okay, that's never happened to me. Uh, I don't know if it's ever happened to anybody. Um, Here's the thing. Realestateagentsitrust.com. These are the real estate agents. We look for really good people first that have the best uh, track record in the area. They have the... Um, we're looking for the best business practices in real estate. There's certain things that you need to do that will help you become the best in the business. We look for those people and the people with a long track record of treating people right. And then we turn them on to you. If you're buying or selling a home, just tell us where. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Mr. Tim Ballard. How are you, sir? Hey, Glenn. How are you? I'm great. I uh, I saw this movie three years ago, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even sure it was locked at the point at that point, but uh, watched it with Jim Caviezel and and you and I. I think like a Prince of Italy or something was there right. as well. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and watched it and this is a tremendous tremendous movie called the sound of freedom tell the listener about it so this tells the story of of the launch of our our rescue operation which leads into operation underground railroad also the nazarene fund um but this is the story of when when we were in the government and was confronted with this dilemma of uh, if I wanted to stay on the operation and rescue these children, I had to quit my job. <clears throat> and what's so exciting talking to you, Glenn, is that your audience should be reminded that they paid for the, op- the operation that you're seeing depicted in, in the film, the, the whole island operation, the whole wow. island raid. That was funded by your community. So I've been so excited to get on the, on the radio to say thank you to you and your community and go watch what you funded. I mean, that's, that's, that's the reality. That is so of it. tremendous. So cool. So tremendous. And I think there's going to be, eventually, there will be a movie, maybe long after we're dead, um, but there will be a movie about the operation that our audience funded in Afghanistan, too. I mean, it's, it's one of the greatest stories ever, as is this one. So um, what are you hoping people walk away with, Tim? 
Well, I'm hoping that people open their eyes. I'm tired of, you know, this is domestic release only this week. And so many people in the United States say this is a problem far, far away from us. And it's not. Oh, and this no, film shows you the, the first two arrests are right here in the United States. The first one, the first rescues on the border, which is so relevant today because we have how many kids being trafficked into the United States, into the highest demand country for child sex in the world. Um, you know, we have our kids being targeted by this crazy ideology of, you know, of sexualizing them and all sorts of things. So I really hope everyone can put the pieces together and realize that kids are in the crosshairs and this is an American problem and it, re- and it requires an American solution. So there are a couple of movies that I really want to see. I, I want to see Till, and it came out a long time ago, um, and I've wanted to see it. But every time I pass it on Netflix, I'm like, I'm not in the mood. You know, you just don't want to be depressed. This is a really uplifting story. This is not, uh, this is something you go to, and yes, it deals with some awful stuff, but you feel great leaving the theater after this. You do. And, you know, one reason that is, I remember talking to Jerry Mullen, who's a friend of yours as well, who won the Academy Award for Schindler's List. And he said the one regret he had was they made that film 50 years too late because when you left the theater, there's nothing to do. It's kind of depressing. Um, but this film, yeah. The Sound of Freedom, is, it's, like, it's like Schindler's List had been made in 1940, right? It's like you can leave and do something and that's empowering. And so I think that's why, you know, the movie begins for a lot of people as they're leaving the theater. And that's what I think causes hope and and makes people feel good so when you when you watch this tim is there any part of you that is worried that this just makes you much more famous and oh you are much more famous and the tactics that you use more famous because you you guys go in undercover and catch these guys um just being absolute dirtbags and honestly i don't know and we've we've had this we talked about this when we were in Bangkok together and we were walking down, uh, what's that cowboy street, um, yeah. um, in, in Bangkok. And we were talking and I, I asked you, how do you live in this world and not take it with you when you get out? Cause it's awful. The, these people, and you have to kind of pretend to be part of that. <clears throat> yeah, I, this, this film has forced me out of all undercover work definitively. And I've been doing it for 18 years and it does take its toll. In fact, it's, it's, it's an amazing, crazy process to go undercover and then come out back in. It takes a lot of prayer therapy. Um, <clears throat> but I'll say this, um, the only tactics we've ever revealed in the film or in the documentaries are things that people are doing anyway. We never reveal something that's kind of a telltale sign that would give us away. Um, you know, things that are happening anyway, parties or whatever. Uh, so that allows us to protect our, our tactics while at the same time uh, exp- expressed to the world what, what is happening. Tell a little bit about this movie, this story in particular on and how you get the bad guys, the, 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 the operation that, as you said, this audience funded. So, so I had been sent down as a government agent in 2012 to Columbia to consult an operation and I was, it was very clear I was to stop at that point but I didn't and I, I, I attached myself I got involved deeper than I was supposed to and then I was told to come home because there's no US case here of course I don't care about US case Columbia case uh, human trafficking child trafficking knows no borders or boundaries but um, the law was the law and they said come home and I, I said I, I, I can't 
you know, and that's when I, that's when I contacted you and I, and my wife, and I didn't even know you all that well yet. I mean, I've been to your show once and, and I thought, can I get a hold of him? Can I, can I convince him to, to, to take the craziest risk and your attorneys are telling you not to do it, but, but, but this, <laughs> this was the pending operation, you know, and, right. and I don't know, it was crazy that you did it. It was, you, you put yourself out there and, 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 you know, we all put ourselves out there and, and, you know, and we yeah. went for it and, and it paid off and it paid off in this operation. Um, I don't want to do too much spoiler alert, but it is, it's, it's, it, it, it rescued over a hundred kids in, in the span of about two hours. And it's depicted on this big Island scene in, in the, in the, off the coast of Cartagena. So tell me what it feels like, um, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything in this movie. So we'll talk about other operations you've been on. Tell me what it feels like when, because you're undercover, you're arrested with the bad guys, and here are all these women and young girls, really young girls, and you're down on the floor with your hands behind your back in cuffs, and they're looking at you like you're a predator, and you know you're not and so you never get that you never get that th- thank you really from them or just even the recognition that you, you i would imagine i would want to say i'm not one of them i'm not one of them i was really trying to help you how does that feel when you're there oh on the gosh. ground with your hands behind your back yeah it's a it's a punch to the stomach i've had um i've had young girls and kids like even cuss at me I remember one spit at me as we were being taken out, like, got you, you must, you know, and I'm like, no, no, we, we, we just are here for you. And, and that's just part of it because, you know, if they know who you are, it's, it's a security risk for our entire team, but something unique happened on this operation that you know about that I'll go ahead and reveal. Cause I think it's just so cool is um, something happened on the Island operation where one of the aftercare people on the Columbia side accidentally revealed that we were the good guys after they took the bad guys, the real bad guys off on the boats, they left us there and the, and the, and the kids started like singing and clapping and saying, thank you to us. And then we realized, Oh my goodness, they know who we are. And some of my operators were crying because they'd never seen this kind of interaction never get that. between us and the kids. And he said to me, and it may sound cheesy, but it's the truth. He said, it, it's not cheesy in the moment and the moment is beautiful and so real. But he, he, he said to me, do you hear that sound? That's the sound of freedom. And when I told that story to the producer, Alejandro Monteverde, the writer and director of Sound of Freedom, he said, that's the name of the movie. And they actually depict that scene on the island, actually depict the scene where the operator says to me those those words. And and it it plays really well. Um, So it's one of the more beautiful scenes. The writer-director of this is a genius uh, and has done a great job and is very well known um, in South America. Um, he's done a couple of, I think, brilliant movies here. And this is, this is of course, uh, one of them. Jim Caviezel uh, uh, plays you. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind that happening if Jim Caviezel played me, but I'd get like Fatty Arbuckle to play me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, he's a good guy and a good friend as, uh, as well. And what did it take to get him involved? 
Well, when they when they approached me and said, you know, I didn't think they were going to make this film because the chances were so small in my mind. But they said, we're doing it. And who would you like to play you? You don't get to choose, but you can, you know, request. And right out of the gate, I said, I want Jim Caviezel. Um, the County of Monte Cristo is one of my favorite movies, for one. But, but I told them, I said, look, I don't trust Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood is the reason that I'm employed. I mean, that's, they create the content that creates the demand that creates the whole problem. And, and I know one thing about Jim Caviezel. He's a phenomenal actor and he loves Jesus. And, oh, yeah. if, and, and if I didn't love Jesus, I couldn't do what I do. So that's the reason. And, and they said, okay, they were worried because, you know, there's a, at the end of the movie, if you remember, Glenn, it's really cool. They do this kind of transition into real footage. And it shows some real footage from the, from the operation. And they said, you got to find someone to, that kind of looks like you. He's tall, dark, and handsome, and, and you're frankly not. And, and so <laughs> I said, well, I don't care. I don't care, what, I don't care what he looks like. You know, he loves Jesus. And so they went with it, and Jim signed up in like four days. He was, he was in. So I will tell you that uh, tall, dark, and handsome does not come to mind when I think of you coming to my house immediately following an operation you'll fly in from someplace around the world and you'll stop in dallas and you've done it a couple of times where you come to the door and i don't even recognize you and tall dark and handsome is definitely the opposite of how you uh look when you're on an operation that's right i look i come i come in pretty beat up so thank, thanks for, yeah. for for giving me a warm place to hang out <laughs> So uh, there is a a two million ticket goal. um, uh, And why is it? Why why did you set a goal for two million tickets? So before I answer that, I want to announce something so cool. They've already sold over one million. I think it's about one point one million tickets. Um, They sold nine hundred thousand just over the weekend. We literally be in in the theaters where we were competing with Indiana Jones this weekend, which was Indiana Jones opening weekend. Sound of Freedom sold more tickets. In Indiana Jones, and, it's and not we even, open. even have a movie out. It's so really good news. It's incredible. The, the, the Angel Studios is just going through the roof. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. But there's 2 million children forced into commercial sex uh, yearly. And so uh, to, to kind of commemorate that and, and connect it to, us, to Independence Day, we want 2 million people in the theaters this week uh, celebrating the 4th of July, uh, considering what freedom really means. And, and, and also representing those 2 million kids. Believe it or not, this is a really feel-good movie. You will walk out of the movie theater feeling really, really great, uh, especially if you're in this audience, because as Tim said, you paid for the operation that is being depicted in the uh, movie, and it is called Sound of Freedom. You can get your tickets uh, online. Go see it. It opens tomorrow, Sound of Freedom. Tim, thank you. Give my best to Jim, will you? Will do. Thanks, Len. Love you. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is MyPillow. I like having comfortable feet. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, If you're a woman, I know you don't because you jam your feet into those pointy little shoes. uh, And you know, you put them on and you're like, I can't stay very long tonight we have to get home because my feet will be killing me in about 20 minutes and i'm like buy comfortable shoes although i will tell you i'm glad you know my wife wears a cocktail dress she's not wearing my slippers but i can i can wear my slippers and they're really comfortable my pillow is having a sale on their uh, my slippers 
Right now, use the promo code BECK. You'll get the all-season slippers for 25 bucks. Limit 10. They're great slippers. You will love them. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Enter the promo code BECK and save. MyPillow.com. Uh, or call them now at 8, uh, what is it? Uh, get, get up to the phone number. There it is, 800-966-3117. 10 seconds, station ID. Fabian is uh, uh, with us. He just uh, uh, came in with one of our security and he was down in the museum, and I uh, said, so, so um, why are you here? And my security said, it's not why he's here, it's where he's from. So I came in from Israel, um, which is a 14-hour flight plus connection plus <laughs> get lost on the way. Right. Because Glenn said, I'm taking the stuff out of the vault, and I'm going to put it up in, in St. George. So if you're in St. George, come see it. And so I said, I, I'd better be in St. George. Holy Here cow. You flew from Israel just for this? Yes, sir, I did. Why? Because this is, well, I hope not, but it might be a once in a lifetime to see <laughs> yeah, this stuff. Yeah. Um, because listening to you for 10 years, um, I've come to understand the importance of these things. Um, without understanding America and its history, you cannot understand our world. And you cannot appreciate it without America's founding, America's values, the Constitution, yada, yada, yada. None of this exists. None of this. Not my country. And, and obviously, Holocaust, etc. But with, even without that, none, right. none of this exists. None of what we have. I'll tell you, our founders felt that they were um, uh, going to found the new Jerusalem here. But uh, George Washington uh, spoke about it as several of the founders that one of the reason we were to found this country was to restore Israel, to have it return uh, and be restored as God promised. Well, we're, we're grateful. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's funny that you say that about America because being in, in uh, Jerusalem in particular, if you've never stood at the Temple Mount, if you've never felt the Temple Mount, you have no idea. You can't, you don't understand the world because it's almost as if the world has an axis that it rotates around the Temple Mount. Have you ever felt that? Yes. Yes. The, the, the Temple Mount is supposedly the foundation stone or rests on the foundation stone of the universe. If you, right. if you, if you're a biblical person, um, and it, it is special. You can feel it. If you touch it, like you said, you yeah. can feel it. You it, can it really is. Uh, it's different and it's we are forever linked i hope i don't know if that's i don't know if we're on that trajectory at this point um but we are hopefully forever uh linked as as uh friends and allies and countries that both worship the same god god willing yeah god willing thank you so when are you going home thursday Technically, Thursday. Thursday. And you're here all by yourself? I'm here all by myself. That is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, that's what my wife said. But but, she, <laughs> but, but then she said, all right, go ahead. So thank you, honey. I love you. Wow. You. That is amazing. Kind of, I, 
I, I know what you what you mean when you say that to Tanya sometimes. Yeah, thank I know. you. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear your review uh, of what you oh, what so you excited. see. So, thank you so thank much you. for coming. God bless thank you. Thank you, and, and Glenn, thank you for everything. Oh, thank everything. you. Everything. It's the world that you came here. Thank <laughs> you. Um, <clears throat> another crazy, literally crazy, uh, Glenn Beck listener uh, uh, coming all the way for the. Um, uh, for the museum. Now we break the museum up tomorrow is its last day. Is it not? We end at about two o'clock. I, as far as I know, uh, over the weekend, they were letting some people buy tickets, uh, like, you know, maybe five per hour and kind of, um, letting a few more people in, um, come at your own risk cause it is sold out, but there are, they are taking some, uh, some extra tickets, uh, and you can buy them here at the door. And then on Friday and Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, we're up um, in uh, a little town just outside of Preston, Idaho, which you probably haven't heard. So the little town next to Preston, you definitely haven't heard about. Uh, we're there Thursday, Friday and Saturday trying to help them uh, raise money to finish a library and, uh, and a school. The Glenn Beck Program. Our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. Now, uh, I have said for years, I started buying gold from Goldline uh, right after September 11th, and it was, I think, $200 an ounce. And everybody said, that's crazy. And I remember looking, it was, it was I think, $197 an ounce when I bought it the first time. And uh, I thought, that's an awful lot of money for an ounce of gold. I don't know. And everybody was telling me, don't buy gold. That's crazy. That's stupid. Well, you know, I, I haven't lost any money on gold. And, uh, and I think a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money in the stock market and in everything else when our dollar collapses. You need to have something in precious metals. It is where the world always returns. I think I read this... I think I actually read this in a New York Times uh, article this weekend that they were talking about precious metals being where people return to. In honor of 4th of July, Goldline has a special on their Betsy Ross one-ounce silver round. With every Betsy Ross silver round, you get the same one-ounce Betsy Ross copper at no additional cost. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. Don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code GLEN and save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Every 4th of July, just after dusk, you will hear the same chorus wherever you are. Every city, town, hamlet across the United States, you'll hear boom, oh, crack, ooh, boom, 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 ah. Every 4th of July in every city. Fireworks burst across the sky as the rocket's red glare gives me proof that my wife is still there. As we sit on bleachers and huddle on blankets, or as we did a couple of years ago, just sat in the back of a pickup truck as we watched the pyrotechnic display. 
This has been part of the 4th of July or Independence Day, the first celebration of America's independence in 1777. That's, that's when it all started and has been going on ever since. That first commemoration was not, however, the first time fireworks were launched in the American skies. Legend has it that in 1608, Captain John Smith set off a fireworks display in Jamestown. Wouldn't that have been incredible? I guess just to mark the cannibalism that was yet to come in Jamestown. The history of fireworks is crazy. It's crazy ancient. It spans the entire globe. Most historians believe that fireworks were invented in China. Uh, however, some contend they originated in the Middle East or India. But either way, we do know that the first firecracker in China was actually created unintentionally when a stick of bamboo was tossed into a fire and it cracked. The hollow air pocket of the bamboo overheated and a loud pop was created. The Chinese believe these natural firecrackers would ward off evil spirits. And so that was the first, at least in, in China. Around 800 BC, a Chinese alchemist, he mixed sulfur, charcoal, potassium uh, nitrate, mixed it all together. And he was trying to make a recipe for eternal life. Didn't work out quite so well. Some say he was trying to create gold. Um, and that didn't work out either. So whichever, um, and especially eternal life, because what he made was gunpowder. They began to pack the powder then into the bamboo and then later into paper tubes and toss them into the fire. So if you attended an ancient Chinese display, it wouldn't be like the shows today. I think it sounds a little more dangerous, uh, quite, quite honestly. So then they packed it, the, uh, the power, uh, powder into the, um, the paper later and the bamboo and the fireworks were thrown into the fire. So they were not launched into the air and there were no added colors, just noisy explosions like firecrackers. So there was probably not as many oohs and ahs as well. Around 900 A.D., the Chinese realized they could make projectiles with the gunpowder. So they fastened the firecrackers to arrows and they fired them at enemies. And over the next 200 years, the fireworks were made into rockets that could be fired at your enemy without the help of an arrow. So it was pretty, I guess. It was very, very beautiful when we watched them all be set on fire um but it was your enemy and their uniforms i suppose added color uh because there was no color marco polo brought fireworks uh to europe and arabia from asia in 1295 gunpowder recipes came as well and we used the technology to develop more weapons like cannons and muskets the chinese i don't know maybe their i think their wars had a little bit more flair uh, than just hurling a giant cannonball. Um, fireworks were not only used as weapons, uh, they were still used uh, to celebrate things. Um, Henry Seventh, I think, is credited with the first royal fireworks display. He had a uh, wedding uh, in 1486. Then 
Peter the Great, the Tsar of Russia, put out a five-hour fireworks show when his son was born. Now, I think that sounds cool, but remember, there were no colors at the time. So at some point, you're like, okay, I mean, I get it. Uh, Silver thing goes up in the sky, goes bang, and I see silver lights. I mean, I got it the first hour. And there was no music or anything else. It was just the fire. I think five hours would, might be a little excessive. Um, the 1600s, the uh, science of fireworks didn't change. It was still the same as it was in ancient uh, China, except you didn't throw them into the fireworks. Now, aerial fireworks. And they were, they were not actually silver. They were just plain orange. There was no color. Uh, and they were run by fire masters. And the assistants were little green men. Not kidding you. That's what they were called, green men. And they were called that because they had to wear wet leaves to protect themselves from the sparks. And again, I mean, I'm surprised that we ever made it to real civilization. You know, I, I, any job that says uh, it's gonna, we're going to require you to wear wet leaves, I don't think I even apply for uh, and I recommend to my friends, at least my friends, maybe those I don't like. I'm like, you got to be a green man. You, I mean, it's going to be great. Early American settlers brought the uh, fireworks with them to the uh, New World. John Adams is credited with inspiring the celebration of independence with fireworks. He wrote to his wife, Abigail. The day will be most memorable in the history of America. I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. Uh, it ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, bonfires and illuminations, otherwise known as fireworks, from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. And he was right. And we did. America's first, first Fourth of July Celebration was in 1777, still with only one color, orange. I think the firework industry could have been run by Henry Ford, and he would have loved it. You get all the fireworks you want in any color, as long as it's orange. The elaborate sparkles of red, white, and blue and fancy shapes, not invented for another 60 years. During the Renaissance, pyrotechnic schools had taught eager students how to create elaborate explosions. In Italy, fireworks were particularly popular, and they put specks of metal and other compounds in it to intensify the brightness and to make different shapes. And uh, the fireworks that we watch today may be some of the last fireworks that the world war will know. It started before Christ or BCE, before Common Era, and it may end soon. They've been all over China, India, Arabia, England, Russia, Italy, influences from all over the world. And now they're being replaced by drones because of global warming. But what you see in the sky tomorrow night is really a melting pot the 4th of July sky is a melting pot of creativity and innovation that came from all over the world. It's a true representation of our noblest ideals that our founding father set forth 
on actually July 2nd, 1776, and finally signed July 4th. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. Out of so many sources and so many countries, we will all sit on the back of our trucks or in bleachers and watch our one fireworks display and celebrate the one truth. We are free. We are the freest country ever to grace the earth. We've made a lot of mistakes, and that is true. We've been a bad country, and we've been a great country. But we're still a country called the United States of America, and we are free. All righty. Uh, let's look at our sponsor this half hour. Um, I, B, BJ, can you tell me what it is? I don't have it. Oh, it's Mantis X. Mantis X is great. I was uh, just in a gun store, not buying guns, of course. That would be wrong. That's so unreasonable. Why do Americans need to buy so many guns? Like last year, only 17 million guns were sold over the counter legitimately uh 17 million now do you have the money to go and uh practice because if you're not learning to use them properly they're not they could be turned against you and you need to be a good shot and responsible this is why mantis x is here it's a high-tech easy to use system it is was first used by the marines i think in california now it's widely used by the military and it will help you improve your shooting quickly. You attach it to the end of the gun, and you connect it with an app on your smartphone or your tablet via Bluetooth. Then you can go dry fire, or you can go and actually fire. But what it does is it tracks the aim, and it shows you how steady your aim is before, when you start to move your finger, when you're starting to pull the trigger back, and when you shoot. It will help you understand what you're doing with your hand. It's, it's like somebody having an instructor there with a film, like an old NFL film, saying, look at this is what's happening. And it, it, it happens after every shot. You will improve so fast and be so much better It would just within 20 minutes. So start improving today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So back from a few days off for what, uh, you know, we we don't really know, but uh, we welcome Stuina back. Thank you. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to dead name Stu because that would be wrong. So you just, just welcome back Stuina. Mm -hmm. And that's... Uh, it's great. I'm glad things went well in the surgery, Stu. Thank you so much, Glenn. It was a big success. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, I've now converted uh, genders every single time I've gone on vacation when you've still been hosting. So uh, it's good to I know. know it's, you should make up your mind. Yeah. No, you should I, make up your I mind. I disagree. Transition is where the money is. You, 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 once you're done, right. people are bored with you. <laughs> you need to be in mid-transition. That's when you bring in the cash. Well, I don't know. You can always complain about something. I mean... Uh, Dylan Mulvaney does, and he still is, you know, he's the hot 
gal. Yeah. I mean, you get the can from Bud Light and Bud Light blows up their entire business uh, basically because of this uh, can. And you'd think, wow, that must be the favorite beer of all trans people now. Well, shockingly enough, you're never woke enough as Bud Light found out recently. Listen, here's Dylan Mulvaney. You don't have it? Okay. That's apparently, we don't have it. But basically what Dylan Mulvaney said was... Uh, uh, I'm very disappointed in Bud Light. They didn't reach out to me enough, apparently, after this thing blew up and it became a big issue. And uh, now Dylan Mulvaney's criticizing Pretty Bud Light good. for not being pro-trans enough. So mm-hmm. they are totally, totally screwed. We are totally, totally screwed. There is no one that can take anything anymore. There's no one. Everybody is like, oh. <laughs> my alarm clock went off this morning and it assaulted me and I've got to complain to the alarm clock company. (laughs) Oh my gosh, get over it. There are things (laughs) in life that happen, things you got to do. Buck up. Ugh. Weak. This is the reality of the situation though, I guess. Uh, This is is where we are now. And and I don't know, you'd think these companies would figure this out after a while, right? You'd think that eventually oh, no. they'd understand that once they get into the middle of these things, it's not even pissing off your conservative fans. It's pissing off everybody because you will never be able oh, to yeah. please the left. So now you'll be no. put in a position where you're constantly trying to walk this in-between line that you will never be able to solve. There's nowhere to go. So don't get involved if, in the first place. Just make beer. And. Disney is a great example of what happens over time. Disney was way ahead of the, I mean, led the parade for the woke parade. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, back in 2008, you know, they had rainbows on their, on their employees uh, ID cards. And so what happens is all of the woke people go to that particular company, work for that company and then you see what happens. They're destroying that company, and the company can't do anything about it. Yeah. What are they going to do? Fire everyone? Right. So essentially, the thing that business owners need to understand is whether you agree or disagree with woke ideology or you know LGBTQ issues or all those things, the central part you need to understand about the situation is that woke employees are terrible employees. And when you bring them in, when you encourage them to be hired by your company, you will be burned. They've destroyed the New York Times. They've destroyed Disney. They've destroyed company after company after company because once they get in and they wrest control from sane people, even if they're liberal, you wind up with a work, uh, you know, a a staff that doesn't want to do their job. It's the lowest thing Mm -hmm. on their priority list. Uh, looking at Disney and how much money they've lost uh, recently. I mean, it is. What are they going to do? I think that com- that company, it's got to be over. Don't you think? I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, they have so much, you know. I mean, they still have you know, ESPN. And I mean, it's not just, you know, just yeah, but Disney they, anymore. But they also, they also bought Star Wars. They're wrecking that. Oh, yeah. They have... Indiana Jones, they're wrecking that. Um, you know, uh, they're wrecking all of their classic movies. They're wrecking their classic stories. The the parks are being wrecked. I mean, once you get rid of the movies and the parks, there, there's not. What? 
I mean, really, where's their strength? It's in the parks and their movies. And they've just destroyed their movie industry. And they're working on their parks now. The Glenn Beck Program.